Mike Garcia sweeps the floor with Christy Smith and flips California District 25 for the first time in 25 years. Elon Musk feuds with Alameda County, and we talk about key facts and evidence to debunk the left's fake news narrative. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Together, we will make America great again. This is the Matt and Chan Show. And welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We've got a lot of great news to get to this week. Matt, how's it going? It's going really good. I'm ready to tackle the news of the week. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. Mike Garcia, big win in Southern California this week, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, let's dive in. All right, so earlier this week, if you didn't know, Mike Garcia, California District 25, flipped Republican for the first time in, since 1998. That is big news, especially since the Republicans owned that seat until 2018 when Katie Hill took over. So it is such a big win for Mike Garcia. I am so happy that he won and won that seat. What are your thoughts on it, Chan? A Republican wave here coming? You know, I, I've kind of been seeing this uh, starting to take place since um, the primaries earlier this year. Uh, it seems like California is getting tired of Democrat leadership. And, and this is how uh, we've seen political trends in the past. Uh, major, uh, like, large cities and, and heavily, heavily populated areas tend to vote for more left-leaning politicians uh, habitually. And then when the spending gets so bad and the circumstances get so bad, they, they'll elect Republicans to fix everything and then probably go back uh, to, uh, to Democrat leadership. You've seen this in New York. You've seen this over the course of time uh, across our whole country. Um, I would say you've, you've even seen this recently in uh, places like the UK. Uh, so really, it, it, what happens, it seems like, um, people in Los Angeles are sick of their Democrat leadership. And so to have that congressional seat go to a Republican again, I think that's huge. Exactly, 100%. And the big thing here is Mike Garcia, like former Navy vet, it's like he was in a lot of the Iraqi freedom. I know that was one of the the key, uh, one of the military missions that he was on. It's it's just great. He has uh, basic fundamentals. He has three C's that he always talks about. He talks about competition, constitution, and he talks about I can't remember the last C. Let's see. Um, capitalism. Commerce. Capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah, yes. Awesome. Capitalism. Yeah. So commerce. So he's all every everything that he's going to run on is going to be based on those those key principles of course the constitution capitalism and competition so if you have those three things you know you're going to be a lot more free and you're going to have a lot more more uh liberty and everything so this is like the big thing here i know this is the thing we talk about here on the matt and chan show is we want to talk about freedom we want to talk about liberty and we got to talk about the constitution that is the biggest thing here and a lot of people don't know what their constitutional rights are. They're, we're seeing it taken away right in front of our eyes. We've seen it with the shutdown. We've seen everything and the way everything's come out. So I'm just glad to see somebody that stands on a platform. He's got his three C's and I'm like, wow. So we're gonna see all those policy decisions. I'm hoping that we see some movement. I know a lot of people are skeptical. We see a lot of Republicans once they get elected in California, they turn into a vanilla Republican. I'm hoping we see a change here. I think we do and we will see a big change here. I think voters are tired of politicians that aren't doing what they're supposed to do and it is now a time for politicians to actually start acting 
We saw it with Donald Trump. It's like he comes in, and the Republican Party is no longer a con- uh, the 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 party of country clubs and the and the elites. It's like the left the left and the Democrats is now that's the party. So it's good to see somebody like Mike Garcia, blue collar worker, saw that there was a problem here, and he saw an opening and a chance, and he took it and he started his campaign in early April, and it was it was great to see him come out on top this time. And well, he'll have I think until twenty twenty one. Um, to finish up uh, Katie Hill's term, so it, it'll it should be good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the question is, you know, this is more of a localized issue, northern Los Angeles County. But what does this mean for the state as a whole? Um, I think I think it's a big thing for the state as a whole, especially since it's Democrat run, and we've seen it. Top ten cities in in the United States are run by Democrats. We see it up and down the from west coast to east coast. We see it all across. We see States like Illinois, the way they're run. We see the states here like California, terribly run. We see Nancy Pelosi in her district in San Francisco, the homeless rate going up, and there's some opposition coming in for that special election. So people need to get out and vote. I think we got to take our state back. It's, this is not the way the state should be run. They're asking for a trillion dollars in aid to come to the state, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, as he did cooperate with the president to start, it is not good to see that that uh, that California, Gavin Newsom's taking such a stance against the president. Once again, he's come out. He's starting to get aid. He's trying to pay for things and stuff we don't have. Printing money's not going to solve anything. And we saw it with the homeless population. We see in San Francisco, Chan, you probably heard about it. They're serving tobacco and alcohol to the homeless in these hotels in San Francisco. It's like, this is not going to help anything. I think we need to get people off the streets. We need to get people back in the workforce. And that's going to have to start with opening up the economy. And there needs to be some restructuring in a lot of these cities because the government should not be bailing out these cities that are poorly run. That, I think, is Donald Trump's been against that since this started. I think you cannot be – if your state is not run correctly, why should you get aid? Why should you get bailed out for all the all these different mishaps that you've done in, in running your state? So I think it's good to see California, I think – in the next 10 years, we're going to see a big push, some conservative policies, because the way it's going, we're not going to have a California to, to live in soon if we don't get some things changing around. So I'm just proud of the many Republicans that do stand for freedom and liberty across the state and conservative values that we cherish here on the Matt and Chan Show. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great reminder, too, to Californians that if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican in California, your vote still matters. You know, I think for so long we've been uh, sort of cowering to the, the densely populated cities, you know, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Sacramento, and, and we can often think that, oh, well, our vote doesn't matter. Well, there's so many Republicans in California. I'm pretty sure I heard a stat, at, and, you know, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure California has more registered Republicans than any other state. We're just outnumbered by the Democrats, but I think that might be turning, uh, and, and we've been seeing some signs of that. And Chandler, you can't forget, like, Democrats, ballot harvesting, all these things come into play. Like, we need voter ID, and there's no other time than now that we need voter ID, especially with all this mail-in voting and all these different things that they're trying to, they're trying to push. You can't beat them in 2016. They've been trying to reverse the results since 2016 election, and they didn't. they expected to win. Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the clear-cut candidate supposed to win overwhelmingly. Donald Trump never had a chance, and they're still trying to reverse it. They try to do it with impeachment, and now we're seeing with Obamagate the whole spying scandal, and then we're going to get to that in just a moment, that 
Obama and this whole thing, they wanted to make sure they had an insurance policy to make sure if Donald Trump got elected, that they were going to be able to impeach him on a Russian collusion hoax. And this was years in the making. It just shows clearly now than ever that we have a deep state. And they're doing everything and anything to make sure that it's protected. So, and But we're going to go back into the California just for one second. We have the Elon Musk. So the whole thing with Elon Musk in, in Alameda County down south, and this is the northern L.A., so in just the whole thing that happened there with Elon Musk, you got Elon Musk, he comes out, I'm going to start opening up my factories. I need to get open. We got to get people back to work. And the thing is, people go, oh, man, Elon Musk, he owns Tesla. He's rich. Like, why does he need to open his factory? It's like, wait a second. We got people that have jobs. You need people that are going, they need to go back to work. People are trying to feed their families. We've seen it with the Shelly Luther last week in the salon. Business has been, has been booming. So people need to get back to work. We have these different people across the country that need to get back to work. And Elon Musk, he's all, hey, I'm going to open up. And we have people like Lorena Gonzalez down south, one of the assemblymen from the county, and she was like, F Elon Musk. And even Gavin Newsom was actually like, well, you guys need to, we need to find a way to come together. And Elon Musk opens anyway, but he's threatened to move his operations to Texas, and I've even heard Florida. Chandler, what are your thoughts on Elon Musk and all this thing, this whole thing that's happened? Yeah, absolutely. And real quick, just to clarify, Alameda County uh, up in the Bay Area instead of uh, Southern California, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry, that was a that was a miscorrection. Thanks for getting me on that, Chan. So. Yeah, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, it's up Bay Area because I'm pretty sure uh, there's like the collective uh, Bay Area. I think there's like six counties that are involved in in sort of making collective decisions related to the coronavirus, and uh, they've decided that. Uh, Elon Musk and Tesla are not allowed to uh, have employees working uh, to manufacture cars, and and that's the sole plant for Tesla. That's where they do all of their production of cars um, here in the United States. And uh, you know, Elon Musk saying that uh, he's willing to be arrested for this decision, uh, like if that's what it comes down to. Uh, he really, you know, I think a lot of people might say, oh, this is a selfish decision selfish decision on his part uh, because like he just cares about uh, the dollar but he's doing well uh, like he'll still continue making money through other outlets I think he's concerned about his workers and his employees you know they're they're providing them with the necessary personal protective equipment um, they're they're taking necessary uh, effective measures to, to mitigate the spread um, of the coronavirus there at the Tesla plant but they want to get back to work and they want to reopen. Yep, exactly, 100%. And we've seen here in Fresno, California, we've seen people just wanting to get out. This is, the, this is our community. These are the people, these businesses. People want to get back to work. And we've been saying it on this show for the past month. I've been talking to people. I've been on, I've been on the streets. It's People are wanting to break out and get back to work. It is the economy on the line. I know we're talking about that we need to save lives, and yes, it is important that we save lives, and, and every death is, is very tragic. But the thing is, overall, with the rates and the information we've been told, that we need to get these cities open, and there's been counties around us and different things that have been opening up. So it's, we just need to get open so that we can just start getting back. And the thing is, the great thing about America that everybody always forgets, we got freedom and liberty here. If you don't feel safe, stay home, and there, there is aid that is coming out so that you, if you need to stay at home, you can collect unemployment. And if you need to get back to work and need to save your business, 
then go and do that because you have the right to do so. And that shouldn't be stopped by anybody. So I just think Chandler, as I know it sounds like a broken record at this point, but we need to reopen. So it's, it's absolutely. And, and I, we shouldn't stop saying it, you know, and, and people who are, are feeling that, uh, like that we need to reopen, keep saying it, keep making your voice heard. Um, I think this is important that, that, you know, people understand that we want to get back to work and we want to uh, have our economy open. It's not just people wanting to go get haircuts or go for, uh, you know, a walk in the park or something. It's, it's people who need to earn money for their livelihoods to keep their houses, to put food on the table, to provide for their family. So, um, yeah, we do sound like a broken record, but I think we should keep sounding like that um, until uh, until things are opened back up again. Oh, yeah, 100%. My uncle made a joke. I thought it was kind of funny. He goes, man, marijuana's legal and people can't get haircuts. Man, the hippies won. So... I just I thought that was kind of funny. I thought I'd throw that in there. I'm like, man, as we we continue to push for reopening and right before we go to the break, I just wanted to mention about the college campuses, especially the CSUs, the 23 campuses closing down for the fall and going online, except for a few instances. I know there's a different specifications on some certain classes that you can't do online. But what are your thoughts, Chandler, on this whole situation with CSUs? Is this too early? I know Fresno Pacific hasn't said a word. So what are your thoughts? It's a crazy move. When I saw that they announced that a few days ago, uh, it, it kind of shocked me. I had to think about it a bit and, and see, you know, where they were coming from. A lot of these uh, Cal State University schools, they're very large schools. Uh, you know, I think of like Cal State Long Beach, uh, San Diego State, Sacramento State, Fresno State, uh, Cal Poly. You know, these schools are, are large. They're uh, there's a lot of students that go to them. A lot of times their dorm rooms are filled with three or four students each. Um, and so the being able to contain the spread would be challenging. But more than that, I think they're concerned that if they say that they'll start and then there's a second wave and we have to move back into sheltering in place, that the, the, the change would be so challenging on the students that to do that two semesters in a row. And so I think that's what they're looking at. I have some friends who uh, are going to Cal Poly and, and one uh, friend who uh, just got accepted there. He's a, a senior in high school and is planning on going there in the fall. They're on the quarter system, and so they may they start a little bit later, um, and they haven't completely ruled out the chance of uh, starting, at least uh, as far as I'm aware. So that's a good sign. It's not completely across the board, but pretty much uh, – and, you know, that, that affects so many things. Uh, you know, a lot of the infrastructure that would be in place uh, where people would have jobs, you know, non, uh, non-students. Uh, so staff and faculty may have to be reduced. Uh, I can't really think of other areas. And then uh, athletics as well. You know, the uh, California Collegiate Athletic Association, one of the two Division II uh, conferences here uh, in California in the West Coast region, uh, there's, uh, they've announced that there will be no fall 2020 season for any of their sports. Uh, and so that's like schools like Chico State, uh, Cal Poly Pomona. So that, that's a big deal uh, in terms of athletics because that may be the precedent that's followed across the country. Exactly. I'm, I'm hoping Fresno Pacific stays strong on this whole thing and everything is good because – Fresno Pacific, I know, is already, they emailed me this morning and everything, and the fact that they're already doing refunds on housing for the fall. They're doing some credit, so they're, 
they're doing some stuff on that. And then I know Coach Winter reached out this week and everything's been still going good. I know with athletics because we don't follow everything the CSUs do. So it's it's good. So Chandler, we're going to go to the break. So if you want to like, subscribe, it's time to do it now. Matt Chan show right now. And we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Matt Chan Show, News Around the Beltway. Chandler, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so uh, we've got Trump disapproving of Fauci's warnings about reopening. Uh, and, yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, for a while, Trump and Dr. Fauci were uh, pretty close and in agreement about most things. Now there's starting to be a little bit of tension. And so here we've got a, a CNBC story. Uh, written by Kevin Bruninger and Christina Wilkie, uh, talking about how uh, Fauci is, is warning that opening states too soon uh, during the pandemic could bring more, quote, suffering and death, end quote, um, and that he's concerned uh, that a reopen would almost turn the clock back rather than going forward. So uh, that's Fauci's warning. Of course, Trump is pushing reopen, reopen, reopen. Um, and, uh, you know, that caused Trump to, to go, and maybe I'll break out my Trump impersonation here. He's, uh, Trump says, look, he wants to play all sides of the equation. I was surprised by his answer, actually. To me, it's not an acceptable answer, especially when it comes to schools. So <laughs> there's, that, there's uh, the old Trump impersonation, bringing it in. Oh um, but, yeah, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't happy with... Uh, Fauci's answer that uh, opening would cause suffering and death. And I think for good reason, because there's more, um, and we've talked about this on the show so many times already, but there's more factors to this than just people affected directly by the You know, there's people who will be out of work. There's people who can't get access to other essential needs. Um, so, yeah, Matt, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? I'm going to say it once again. I think we need to reopen. I think Fauci to this point has given us enough uh, information about what we need to do for COVID. We have more information than we did on day one of the crisis, and I think it was good. The only thing is, I think with what we've seen in L.A. County extending three months shelter in place, it's just, it, it just asks a question. Is this the end of America? Like, what are we, what are we doing for the future? Of the United States like if we continue to stay closed we are not only going to destroy ourselves economically but I would say it's going to be hard to come back in general I think with more government benefits and different things I think it's a good question and I'd like to hear different viewpoints outside of the Matt and Chan show on the whole issue I think is when is enough enough I think people are starting to hit that breaking point and I think Fauci to this point is okay. Like these are the these are the guidelines we need to follow. These are the things we need to do to flatten the curve. And remember, Chan, if you remember from day one, flatten the curve was not supposed to be a hundred percent like everybody's healed. It was to make sure hospitals are are uh, equipped to full maximum capacity. So if we did see a spike in numbers when we did reopen, hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed. Let's not forget that. So I think that's a good thing. You got to look on the outline. And you think right when Trump closed the borders down, you start right there. And yet in February, like we always say, Nancy Pelosi's out there in Chinatown in San Francisco saying, hey, come on out, come on out. And Trump to this point has done a great job. His approval rating has stayed pretty, pretty steady through this whole thing, even though he's bombarded with our 
fake news media and everything that's going on. I'm reading a great book right now by Mark Levin, Unfreedom of the Press, talking about the history of our press and how it went from the Patriot Press to how like polarized and how everything in like media has a leaning to it, an activist group, pretty much with what we've seen in the media. And you watch it every day. We see it in the news conferences. They're just bombarding Trump, bombarding Trump. And it's been from day one. Like 15 minutes after he was elected, they were already trying to impeach him. So just things like that. So, and I think it's a great book to read. I just started it. I'm a few chapters in. I think it's an excellent book. If you want to read about the history of the press, where we're going, what we're, what's our current state, and what we can do about it. I think we're going to, I'm like calling it out. I don't think we'll see CNN, CNBC, and some of these, like George Soros funded, uh, Jeff Bezos funded, like news organizations like the Washington Post around here in the next decade or so, just because they're just, they're not getting, like we said, freedom of the press. They're not getting the news to the people. And I think it's with the Fauci thing too, because what did the left say? We need to listen to the medical experts. Forget Trump. Forget what Trump says. But the thing is, now that, the the fake news uh, media and all this stuff is they've come out with all this misinformation. People actually just go to Trump for the news because he goes on his Twitter and the news will come out with one thing and Trump says another. And like you saw with about two weeks ago, they were telling, oh, Trump wants you to drink bleach because that's what Trump said. And it's like, uh, I'm not sure about that one. So that's just some thoughts on that. I know Fauci at this point has been okay in what he's been doing. I've been hearing some different stuff. I don't know what to believe 100%. I know there's some stuff from back in the 80s and different things like that. And we'll possibly get into that as we see in the future. But for right now, it's like we need to be focusing on getting the economy back opened and up again. Because really, the, at this point, the only way that we're going to get people healthy again is we need to have people gain herd immunity. And I think just getting people out and just think cooping everybody up in their house for another three months is going to be even worse. I think. If you look at it, think about it. if you stay in your house for so long and you don't go out for six months and you're not exposed to the flu and these different viruses like COVID, you're not exposed to any of this stuff. When you get exposed to it, you're, you're going to be a goner. You're going to be in the hospital and we're going to see a bigger spike in the fall if we open up that late. So I, I just think there are states like we saw South Dakota who have not even uh, have not even come. They have not even done any lockdown measures whatsoever. And they're doing fine. Their cases have dropped, and it's looking good. So it's just we got to look at all these different things and 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 pretty much make our best judgment. Like we said, we want to give people the ability to go out and and choose if they want to go to work. And if they don't feel like they want to go to work, you have the freedom to do so. We're not going to force you to go to work. And I think we got to remind people of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm reminded with this whole uh, Fauci and Trump. Uh, tension that's going on of this quote from Dennis Prager from a, a recent fireside chat and PragerU has been promoting this quote and it, it's until it's safe means never. You know, if we keep waiting, oh, we're, we won't reopen until it's safe. We won't start doing this until it's safe. We won't do this until it's safe. That means we're never going to do it because there's always going to be some danger. You know, uh, we don't tell people that, oh, there's this obesity epidemic, uh, so we're going to keep everybody from eating hamburgers and supersized sodas. We don't say that uh, you know there's frequent car accidents, so we're going to forbid everybody from driving their cars. Uh, you know, we need to weigh the risks. We need to be careful. I, I think that some of the initial decisions were, were very wise, and uh, they uh, definitely helped 
you know, the, the 14 days to slow the spread. Remember, this whole quarantine started as that. It was 14 days that we're going to all stay inside, and that's going to help slow the spread. Just like you said, keep the hospitals from overflowing. Uh, you know, that, that's where uh, this probably should have ended, uh, at least in less populated areas. So, yeah, I think we need to, to keep that in mind. Until it's safe, means never. So we have to be looking at how we can uh, effectively and, uh, and with minimal risk reopen our economy in all sectors. Yep, uh, I, I 100% agree. And just everything that's going down, it's just like we have to make sure we come at this smartly. And I just, for me, I don't trust all the stuff that Bill Gates and all these immunity cards. I think that's going to be the next thing is looking at like where are we going to go as a, as a country? And I think we got to be careful with that because I know they're talking about immunity cards, and I'm like, okay, that's that's I think infringing on people's on freedom and liberty for sure. Because now you're okay. Now we're going to track. We're not we're not going to be China. We're not going to be communist China and come out and we're going to keep track of everybody. And I think that's what I I am. We are totally against that on this show. We have to remember rights are given from God, not government. The second they they can control everything that we we do as a person that's when there are rights come from government and that's not the way it should be and that's just a quick reminder and then we just want to hop into some of the obama gate stuff i know they're talking about people wanting they want uh i know lindsey graham was talking about obama testifying and and just various things around obama gate and all the evidence is coming out now with the michael flynn setup and the fbi agents and they and they drew him in they pretty much ruined michael flynn's life and the fact that all this evidence is coming out. Our president's going out and just saying, Obamagate. That's the way it is. So it's just, we're looking at it. This is probably the biggest spying scandal in U.S. history. This is by far. And the fact that it was okay. And even John Brennan, the way that he had his security clearance into the Trump administration just shows you how much corruption occurred in the deep state and everything that's gone down. And we're starting to see there is such a big web and there's so many people that need to be held accountable. And I just think just to, to echo what uh, Rush Limbaugh said this week, never will we see a president be tried. I don't think anything will happen, happen to Barack Obama. I don't think anything will happen to Hillary Clinton. And those are some big statements right there because you want these people to be held accountable. But we saw it. Everybody that's been either impeached or, or have had committed crimes like we saw Richard Nixon and, and Watergate and how that went down and and that he was he was pardoned and everything and Bill Clinton and all this stuff. So it's just looking at all these people and it's like, okay, like there's never gonna be a president that's gonna be put in prison. Like it's just not it's not a good thing and I think it just gives a bad look at least on our constitutional ideals. I we would like to see people held accountable, but I think we're gonna they're gonna have to do it through the people that were doing the spying and the people that set up. But the fact that Joe Biden's coming out and saying that he didn't know anything about the spying, and he's like, I don't know, I, I heard about it, but I don't know anything about it, I don't know, and that's just his answer to everything now, and that's what I want to jump into real quick, is the Joe Biden stuff, and the fact that he said, if you believe Tara Reid, then th you shouldn't vote for me, right, Chan, is that what he's saying, he's telling people you shouldn't vote for him if you believe Tara Reid, and so if I was, what did he say, he said, uh, if, uh, if I didn't, if I believe Tara Reid, I wouldn't vote for myself either, so, uh, that's just it's some it's some crazy stuff to have a guy running for president that sometimes doesn't know where he's at and he's saying stuff and we heard it months and months ago when he was like you don't like what I stand for he's like give me a look if you like me but if you don't go vote for somebody else uh, 
That I think that's I think it's funny. Do you have any comments on any of the Obama Gate and then the Joe Biden stuff at all? I probably more on the Joe Biden stuff with the Tara Reid. So it's just interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the the Obama Gate thing. I do agree that it would be a dangerous precedent to set um, to have Obama testify. I know Trump is calling for it, and Lindsey Graham is a little hesitant to uh, to do it. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. I. I we need to be careful uh, in terms of the precedents that we set now uh, that can carry on into the future. So, uh, you know, that's my thought on that. And then Joe Biden saying that if you believe Tara Reid's story, not to vote for him. I think that's just hilarious. Like, this is at least the second time that I've heard him say not to vote for him. Uh, there was a compilation actually a while ago that I saw on YouTube, and it was like all the times that he was saying to go vote for somebody else. And it's like, man, does he even want to be president? Or maybe he's trying to use some reverse psychology there. I don't know. I think it's really funny, though. Um, but, yeah, the, the exact quote, uh, this is uh, when he was uh, talking with O'Donnell, uh, and this was uh, just earlier this week. He says, well, I think they should vote their heart, and if they believe Tara Reid, they probably shouldn't vote for me. I wouldn't vote for me if I believed Tara Reid. The fact is, and then he goes on to say, uh, uh, he promises that it never happened. Um, and so, you know, I think this is just hilarious. Uh, he, he, he literally said not to vote for him if you believe her story. Uh, the question is how many people do believe her story uh, and, and whether or not it's true. And, and I think that's something that we should uh, take a, a serious look at. Um, but, yeah, Joe Biden... I just, uh, I don't get the guy. Yeah, and the fact that Joe Biden has clips and clips, minutes and highlights of him just going up and sniffing people from behind. Like, it's hard for people to believe Joe Biden, but the biggest thing I don't want to do is to show discontent, like, voter, okay, yeah, like, Trump's going to win. He's going he's gonna to just sweep the rug with uh, Joe Biden. It's going to be over. It's going to be a done race. No, I don't want to promote that. Uh People that support Trump, people that are joining onto the Trump train, they need to get out and people need to vote. People need to support the president. And if you support Donald Trump and the, the stuff that he stood up for, and the fact that you got to remember this guy is losing money being president and he's doing something that no other president has done before. He's coming in and he's done what he said he's going to say. People may not like the way he says it. People may not like what he's doing exactly. But he comes in and he gets things done. He says what he's going to do and he gets it done. He's a man on a mission. And he's been serving this country since day one. And that's why I fully support Donald Trump in this whole thing. Because Donald Trump, he just stands for every American. And he said it since day one in his inaugural address. He's going to stand up for the people. And he's going to make America great again. And I think he is doing that. And it just sucks with this whole COVID situation. The fact that we have, it's just been a setback. We were, we were seeing GDP numbers we had never seen before. We had seen unprecedented numbers in unemployment. People were just thriving. The 2017 tax cuts, which will be up in a few years. I know Mike Garcia mentioned that. That's going to be a pressing issue in the next few years. He is out there for the everyday American instead of the elites that are taking care of themselves in Washington, D.C. And that's why a lot of the counties around Washington, D.C. are so wealthy because of all these politicians lining their pockets. So Donald Trump is the man of the people, and that's why I support Donald Trump. And the fact that we have Joe Biden on the other side, just, I don't know what he's trying to do, like you said, reverse psychology, but it's just like, man, come on. Like, I just think that what they're doing to Joe Biden, I don't think it's right. 
I think there's some stuff, some serious issues going on with Joe Biden. The fact that they continue to do it just makes me sick. It's like, hey, we, why don't you present a good candidate instead of trying to cheat your way into the presidency? You got to ballot harvest. You got to do all this stuff. Why don't you go out and you find a candidate that actually stands for core Democrat values, not far leftist socialist values? Because right now the party's not Democrat party. It's not Nancy Pelosi's party. It's not Joe Biden's party. It's AOC's party. Everything is mainstream now, the Socialist Party. It's literally the Socialist Party. We could probably call it that at this point. So it's the fact that Joe Biden's out here. He's been on every side of the issue, every way, one way, since he became a senator and went and became VP under Obama. It's, it, you, you see it. He, he's so wishy-washy. It's like, what are we supposed to do with Joe Biden? It's like, wow, just to see every position he's on. Oh, I'm for abortion. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-choice. I'm, and whatever side works for him, he's like, and I think one of these days, I think, Echoing Charlie Kirk, he said one of these days, Joe Biden's just going to, he's going to snap. He's going to, he's going to go crazy. He's going to, I don't believe any of this stuff. So it's just because he's been letting people run his mind for this whole thing, like this whole last, last uh, election cycle and everything. It's like, oh, so uh, Joe Biden, do you support open borders? Oh, well, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Or he'll just, oh, I, I don't know where I'm at. So I just, I think it's just the whole thing. We'll, we're going to go into our closing corner, so stick around, like, subscribe, share. We need the support. We need everybody to be out there sharing this to get the message out there because we stand for freedom and liberty in the Constitution on this show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We got closing corner. Chandler, we're going to talk about virtue signaling. Chandler, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so I was kind of uh, curious. I've been seeing a lot of people talking about different social justice things and really being vocal about this on social media. Um, and so I, I did a little bit of research and I found this article from a few years ago. This was published uh, March 1st, 2017 uh, by Elizabeth Nolan Brown on reason.com. Uh, and she was citing research from these two psychologists. Uh, and what they found was that people are often alleviating their own guilt when they're angry or when they express anger about a justice issue. Um, and so like virtue signaling, I think it's a word that's thrown around a lot, especially on the right. The way I would define it is uh, it's when you try to make yourself look good uh, in a way that's self-serving. Uh, you know, it, it's like if I'm going to, uh, well, here's a good relevant example with the coronavirus. If I'm in a situation where I don't need to wear a mask, like, you know, out in pub or out outdoors uh, in a public space, but not near anybody, but I put a mask on just to look like I'm doing my part, not because I'm concerned for other people, but just to, to look the part, uh, I would consider that virtue signaling. Um, or when you, you write a Facebook rant or a, a Instagram post that's meant to uh, um, show how good of a person you are, uh, but it's more self-serving than it is to genuinely uh, promote a good cause. I would definitely call that virtue signaling. Uh, and so this is a quote from Brown, the author of that article, uh, and about the main findings. So here's the quote. When people publicly rage about perceived injustices that don't affect them personally, we tend to assume this expression is rooted in altruism a disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. But new research suggests that professing such third-party concern, what social scientists refer to as moral outrage, is often a function of self-interest 
wielded to assuage feelings of personal culpability for societal harms or reinforce to the self and others one's own status as a very good person. And, and that's a really good way of putting it. Um, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And on the right, as conservatives, I think we can be really guilty of um, assuming this is a problem only on the left. You know, you see uh, Democrats and leftists talk about how uh, we need to create all these justice systems and how the system is broken and we need to fix it and all these things. Um, but I think we can be just as guilty of it on the right and often when we're accusing the left of things. Uh, now, there's time for, for legitimate criticism and concern, and, and that's part of the reason why we have this podcast. But, uh, yeah, talking about virtue signaling and um, being uh, morally outraged, uh, it's not necessarily uh, a sign of being a good person. You know, if I'm really mad that, uh, you know, child abuse takes place, it doesn't make me a good person to go, oh, those terrible child abusers. Uh, you know, maybe if I go out and actually do something to help make the situation better, um, that might be a, a good action. But simply to vocalize my concern about it uh, maybe more indicates that I'm not doing enough to actually solve the problem. You know, the people who work the hardest to actually solve these uh, social justice issues and, and other types of justice justice issues are often the ones who are quietest about it on uh, social media and to other people. Uh, so that's a, my, uh, my call there. It, it's similar to the biblical message to remove the plank from your own eye before you um, uh, pick out the speck from your brother's eye. Um, it's that type of idea. So Matt, what are your thoughts on uh, this whole topic? Do you have any uh, specific cases where you've seen this moral outrage be more of an expression uh, coming from guilt than from pure motives? Yeah, I just think, I think that was beautiful said. Like, thank you, Chan, for that. I know this was your idea to talk about this for our closing corner. And I think just with everything going on, I think we see it most from, we like to say, the left. And we see it on both sides. We see it on Facebook. We see it on Twitter. We see people, like you said, you can't call somebody out for something without looking at yourself. And I think people are quickly to insult President Trump. Like, oh, President Trump, you've done this, 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 and this. Okay, you're a terrible person. Well, you're a terrible president. And that's, that's the way it is. But then just looking at like, okay, look at us as an individual and look at our systems. I know people always talk, our systems aren't perfect. They're not. This, the thing is, they were set up and they're like, oh, this is broken. Our justice system's broken. That people are just... The thing is, we got to realize is we are human beings and we are all broken people. So that in turn makes our systems broken. They're automatically going to be broken because we're not perfect individuals. The only person that was perfect was Jesus Christ and he died on the cross for our sins. And when we try to look and try to be high and mighty, just self-interested and we try to go, oh, I'm doing the right thing. And we see it all across. We see politicians will do it. Oh, I'm standing up for this. And then they turn around and they backstab the same same thing. And it's just like, ah. Uh. So I just think, Chandler, it was beautifully said that whatever everything that you just said. 
and it just it's just a look at yourself before you you speak and you say things to others and i think that's a it's a good thing in a time where a lot of people are pent up because of covid and they're like angry and they just want to like you said just as an example wearing the mask out in public just for oh i'm playing the part so i think it's it's an interesting way of looking at the current situation and and just lets us look at ourselves it's a lot of self-reflection we have a lot of time at home and a lot of people aren't working so this is a good time to just just self-reflect and look where we're at as people and we're not perfect we're broken and yeah it's just that's all i had for that so i think that's the conclusion of our show i just want to give a shout out we want everybody to be out there like the show go on itunes leave a five-star review i think that's awesome if you can do that helps us grow it helps get this podcast in front of more people so you got to go out you got to share this you got if you're on facebook share the post let your friends know if you feel like there's something we need to talk about send us a message we're open to everything we want to we're going to be starting a series soon i think chandler thought thought it was a great idea we're going to be going through the constitution we're going to be going through the bill of rights we're going to be going through everything our founding documents on why this country is the way it is today the purpose of government why we are a democrat republic like this is this is going to be a great thing i'm looking forward to it i think people need to know about our fundamental liberties because our school systems have failed us and i think we're going to try our best to make sure that these things are presented as articulate and as clearly as possible so chandler have any last thoughts man that was really well said i think we're all out of time uh so thank you everybody for listening to the show sharing it with your friends uh, liking, subscribing, all those great things that Matt just said. Yeah, click down below if you're uh, watching on YouTube. Hit that little subscribe bell. Uh, you know how it goes. Yep, you got, you uh, got to so like it, right, Chen? You got to. Yeah, you got to like Go it because because uh, that's the wave. Like I said, you got to get it out in front of people. That's the only way this thing is going to grow. I know we got a great audience right now. We're getting good numbers, but the only way we can get make this make sure that this message gets out there is we got to make sure it's shared across the whole country we have audiences and i like to shout out our audience in ireland we got people from around the world listening to this show so i just thank you guys for listening to the show sorry Chandler, continue i know i cut you off there no thank you so much and and we wouldn't be able to do this without you the listener um so you guys are really everything we're doing this uh for you as a service so uh thank you so much uh so until next time uh stay healthy stay hopeful Uh, Stay determined and be safe. God bless. And until next time, this is The Matt and Chan Show.